What I'd like to do this morning is, uh, I would call this a Vision and Commissioning Sunday. I'd like to talk about some of the plans that the Lord has put on our hearts as a pastoral team uh, going into this year, and some of the things we'd like to uh, head into, things that we're talking about, things that we can be praying into uh, regarding our church and our vision and, and what God is calling us into. Before we head into that, I want to start with uh, this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6. This, uh, as you're turning there, just a little bit of background, Deuteronomy is essentially uh, a long sort of farewell sermon from Moses to the people of God, to the children of Israel, as they are planning to head into the promised land, looking ahead to, to heading into the promised land, hoping they are. And what you have in Deuteronomy is essentially Moses giving a, a sort of a pastoral farewell, but also uh, reiterating the law for the people. And the central question is sort of how do we live for God? What does Yahweh call us to as his unique people in the world? And here in chapter 6, we get the sort of central tenet of uh, Israel's faith and life as a people. I'm going to read just the first few verses down to uh, verse 9. So this is Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. And this is Moses speaking. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. And then we get what is really the, the summarizing central commandment, the statement that holds together all of the law. And this is really becomes a central prayer for Israel. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. I want to draw our attention to just a couple things from this passage, from the greatest commandment. I'm thinking specifically about who we are as a church as we head into a new ministry year. September is sort of New Year in some ways, right? The New Year of school, and our, a lot of our ministries sort of flow in the school term. And so as we head into a new year, I want us to think afresh about sort of the central calling we have as Christians to hear and to follow God. And one of the first things I, wanna, I want us to think about is that God has told us how to live. I think we can spend a lot of time wondering how to live life. What is life about? For whom is life about? Who do I spend my time serving or worshiping? Uh, what's the, the pattern of my life 
say about what I think life is uh, worth uh, spending time in. But we are brought back to sort of the central idea that God has already told us how to live a meaningful life. And a meaningful life is found in upholding God's law. Now that might sound really kind of boring and really sort of just kind of dull drudgery. But it's really not. Look at, look at how it's described here, keeping God's statutes. Look at verse 2. There's a call to fear the Lord, you and your son and your son's son, the sense that uh, this attitude of loving and following God isn't just for one generation. It's meant to be passed on to the next generation. We'll come back to that in a minute. We keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. And then right at the end of verse 2 and into verse 3, we start to see the reasons for why it's worth listening to what God says. Which I command you all the days of your life, end of verse 2, that your days may be long. I think if, if, if we're to be honest about our lives, most of us, I think, likely would say we would love to get to the end of our lives knowing that we had lived a good and full life and that we had honored God with our lives, that we had been obedient in following him. I know that's part of my heart, is that at the end of my life that I uh, would be able to look back and say this was a life where I sought to live well for God, that he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. And of course, we recognize the tragedy of when days are not long, when life feels cut short. And so there's a call here to rest in the God who oversees the count of our days, who knows the length of our lives, even when we do not, and to trust that he's still good in the ups and downs that a life may bring, a life of following him. But there's a call here of hope that as we follow God, we can look back and say our days would be long of trusting and following him. I think also of when I was a kid, there were days in the summer. I think of days maybe long. There was days in the summer that where, where time sort of didn't mean anything. And they, those days were just sort of full of life, of, of playing outside and the goodness of, of friends and popsicles melting in your hand and, and being at the beach and enjoying the water and laughing and playing. And in those days when we are sort of pulled away from the constraints of our watches and our phones, those days can feel so long and so good because they're so full of life, aren't they? I think when I hear God say in some sense that your days may be long, it's not just a, a, a quantity of time. It's a quality of time that he invites us into. And then verse 3 says, Hear therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them. This is the things God calls us to do. And here's the second promise, that it may go well with you. So not just that you'd have sort of a length of days or a quality of days, but that things would go well. Now, Israel 
has at many times not followed God's commands. And the rest of a large portion of the Old Testament is about that. The situation right here is that if they follow God's commands and leading, it will go well as they enter into the land. And it's kind of a crucial moment. Will they actually like, adhere to what God calls them to do? And will it go well or will they not? And things will sort of fall apart on them. But there's a sense too, and again, this is sort of a, a general sort of idealized sense that as we seek to commit our path to the Lord, that he guards our steps, he guides our steps. It's not a promise in the sense that just because I'm a Christian, everything might go well in my life. You don't have to try and live very long before you realize that's not really how this Christian life thing works. Just because I'm following Jesus doesn't mean it's always easy, right? But God's still faithful and good even when things are not easy. And that's why I really appreciate uh, the songs that we sang this morning, which evokes that sense of it is still well in my soul because God is with me even when things are terrible. And uh, if you read the history of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, is about uh, the author of that song penned those words as his ship passed over the place, if I'm remembering this correctly, where his wife and family was killed in a previous voyage. So here's a person who knows well the hurt of life, uh, who's lost loved ones and can still say, it's well in my soul. I can still trust God even when things are really difficult. I appreciate it so much, um, Addie Lynn and Travis and those of you that shared, Xavier and Jonah, those of you that shared when we had our baptisms uh, two Sundays ago. And the hope that you guys expressed in your testimonies of saying it's still God's still good, even though I've encountered real tragedy in my life. And as you guys shared that, that was really meaningful for us as a church to hear, because I think sometimes we can try to forget or ignore the difficulties in life. But you guys were saying, which is very biblically true, God's still good, and I still want to follow him even when it's really tough. So well done, you guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. And so we're called here to think about trusting and following God, that our days would be long, that it would go well with us, that we would multiply greatly. Of course, the idea there is that Israel would grow into a greater people as uh, they follow God and prom to the land he has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. I want to end on that, on that note. Of course, it's not as though Drydenful Gospel Church has been called to go and take over some land somewhere with milk and honey. But not that I've been told anyway. That would be something. But God, God is saying, listen, will you be faithful to me to live for me as I am faithful to you to uphold the promises that I have made to you and to your forefathers? I want to bring you into that land, but I'm asking you to be faithful in this covenant relationship. Will you follow me? Will you love me? You have to remember, too, that covenant relationship that I just mentioned, that's the context for this whole passage, that, that God and Israel have made a sort of marriage covenant to each other to up, that they want to uphold. And God's saying, I'm going to be faithful to the promise that I've made. Will you be faithful to me? And uh, what's helpful to remember is I know there's a lot of emphasis in that passage about us hearing God, listening to him, obeying him. But we don't do that sort of, like I said, out of dull drudgery. 
We do it in response to the God who loves us and promises life and salvation and hope for us. And so I want to encourage us this morning, as we think about the future and think about the ministry year, that we would be a people who want to be faithful to God and who want to hear God's promises and to pursue those and to walk with uh, obedience and humility before God. So I want to begin with that passage uh, before heading into what I've done is I've prepared a little bit of a slideshow, and I'm not much of a slideshow guy, so you have to forgive me because often I put the words too small. I'm going to read it anyway. Um, but, uh, um, but I thought I'll put a slideshow together so that you can sort of follow along because I want to mention several things um, that excite me and uh, that I'm looking forward to as a church as we think about faithfully following God. And so I've called this uh, a Vision and Commissioning Sunday um, because I want to share some of the things, like I said, that are on our hearts. And, and I want to pray over our ministry leaders uh, sort of at the end of this time together. I want to start off by talking about uh, our dream. We've had this written for a few years now. And it's, it's essentially a, a statement of, of sort of prayerfully looking ahead to what God would do uh, in our congregation. Um, did I, was I able to share that with you, Kyle? Is that up there? I think it is. It says, we dream of a church that is thriving and prayer-filled, a people who gather for worship and preaching and the healing presence of the Holy Spirit. We dream of a highly engaged, multi-generational church where people from a range of cultures and ages and abilities and walks of life can come together and grow in Christ. Uh, there's a picture of Dryden there, if you didn't know. I think my old house is there, almost. Right? Just about. There's the lodge. Look at that. We dream of a hub for ministry training and formation, a center to meet community needs, an ascending church to equip people for outreach and missions and church planting. And together we're seeking God and joining in his mission to extend grace and ignite hope in our city, our nation, and our world where we're living and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ in everyday life. That's our dream, and in so many ways, we're already living that out. But it's a dream that keeps us focused on who God is and what he wants to do in our midst. What we have is these, these sort of four symbols that we use to talk about our, our vision and our, our kind of culture as a church. Uh, and they're discover Jesus, find belonging, grow disciples, and cultivate hope. And those are helpful to sort of summarize what we do. Uh, the other thing that's, that's interesting to note is if you take the first letter of each of those, it's DFGC. And I didn't realize that till later on. Um, but that's fun. <laughs> it's actually an acronym. What we've talked about in the last few years for vision uh, has been a five-year vision that we started out in 2020. Uh, and we said from 2020 to 2025, our goal is to be a loving presence for the good of the city. How can we do that well? And uh, we talked about different ways that we can live out that vision. And one of the first ways had to do with reaching out to people. We wanted to start to emphasize uh, missional outreach and evangelism. And we had this sense that God was calling us to cultivate hope in our city by reaching out to the lost. And I feel like in, in a lot of ways we've started to do that and started to live that out. And it's been exciting, especially as as Pastor Brian has shifted 
uh, from just being youth to also including elements of outreach uh, to see that vision sort of flourish under his leadership. Uh, the second thing we wanted to, to emphasize was making disciples, that God was calling us to be a disciple-making people, growing mature and faithful followers of Jesus. Um, and these all have key verses, but the, the key verse for the disciple-making was 2 Peter 3.18, which says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And part of making disciples, we said we want to continue to do worship well and preaching and, and what we do on Sunday mornings, but we also want to foster uh, good discipleship and spiritual formation in our small groups, and so we've been able to do things like Alpha and and sort of re-emphasize what our small groups are about. And I've been really excited to see that uh, take shape. And Pastor Velma's been a, a big part in helping lead small groups uh, over the last couple years, well, for many, many years, let's be honest. Um, the third thing that we talked about in our vision was stewarding well. We had several, um, when we first were putting this vision together back in 2019, there was a, a number of places where we needed to be looking at our policies and our finances. We just had stuff that we needed to do, sort of logistical stuff. That's not very super fun, but we had to do it. Uh, and so we said, we believe God's calling us to continue practicing wise governance and stewardship of our building and our land and our resources in a way that honors him. And so those three, you can go through them, Kyle. There's, uh, yeah, so reaching out, uh, sort of our missional outreach and evangelism, and then discipleship was the next one. And then stewardship uh, was the third one. And those have been sort of guiding uh, practices for us for the last couple of years. And for each of those, and these are all up in the bulletin board in the back if you really, really desire deeply to read these. They're also online. Um, but that we've had statements for each saying, you know, five years from now, by God's grace, these are the things that we want to, uh, to sort of mark us as a church. And so then you might say, well, now what are we doing? So I want to look ahead to some of the ministries that we're excited about for the upcoming year. The first one I want to mention is we'd like to start up men's breakfasts again. Uh, and I think for us as guys, there hasn't been a whole lot of just sort of men's stuff for us to do. Uh, so we want to start at men's breakfast. We're looking at doing it monthly here at the church and making it more than just sort of a hangout time, but also do some study together. So we're sort of growing together in our faith. Um, I had a few people I'd reached out to about cooking because we like to do it here at the church and cook our own food here at the church, but no one, uh, we, we don't have anyone lined up yet to cook. So if you would like to be that person, uh, bless you. But it would also involve putting a team together uh, for, for setup and takedown and whatnot. Um, we've got some money scheduled in the budget to put that together. So that's the first thing we're going to, I think our first one, Louie's been helping me put things together. We're looking at the end of September, we were, right? Uh, men's breakfast on a Saturday morning uh, and encourage uh, you guys to come and be part of that. The second one I wanted to mention was restarting weekly church prayer. It's been difficult for us to land on a time to do this well since COVID, just with different things going on. What we've decided to do is take Monday lunch as a time for corporate prayer. Now, I recognize that many of you are working. You can't necessarily come here to the church. Um, but I encourage you to on Monday to take some time in, in the busyness, perhaps, of your own life uh, to stop and to worship. The other thing we're going to do regarding... Uh, weekly church prayer is uh, it'll be led primarily by our pastoral team so there'll be a group of us here 
on Mondays over lunch praying. So you're welcome to just come over and join us uh, if you'd like, if that's something you're able to do. The third thing is a devotional reading together as the church. And what we've done is we've purchased a number of these. These are ESV uh, devotionals. Uh, they're called uh, Uncommon Devotional Solo, an Uncommon Devotional. You can pick these up at the back. Uh, they're $15 each. And these are a way for you to begin to read, uh, uh, read the Bible and pray the Bible, uh, to practice a rhythm of uh, engagement with God, of hearing his voice, of prayer and of scripture. And what we are uh, encouraging everyone to do, as many as you're able, is to uh, commit to reading and praying the Bible for 15 minutes, uh, for four days a week, for nine months. And if you need help in knowing how to go about doing that, uh, this would be a good resource for you. Uh, every day has a passage to read and then some questions for you to pray through and consider. Uh, and so it's really easy uh, laid out uh, for you. And so if you want to pick those up, they're at the back. And you can talk to Karen if you'd like at the office or talk to myself or one of us during the week. We have a number of those. Uh, I think we, like we said, I think we had 30 or so. Is that right, Karen? There's about 20 left? Oh, wow. Okay, good on you. Apparently, you're good to go. Uh, but if, you would, if you're feeling, hey, I, I need to foster a new kind of rhythm of devotion and prayer in my life, that would be a good resource for you. The next thing I wanted to mention, Brian's already talked about, it, is our fall food drive. Uh, encouraging you to put a team together if you'd like to, to be part of going door to door, or at the very least, get a bag and fill it up with some things and leave it uh, outside during that week or in your house so that when a team comes by, uh, they're ready to pick it up. It's been exciting seeing... Uh, the city come together. I heard the announcement on the radio the other day. I was telling Brian, I heard it, uh, the guy saying all of our stuff. And I was like, it's so strange hearing like a church announcement just coming over the radio. It was just very, kind of this very surreal moment. Uh, but it's really cool. So encouraging you to, to take part in that. And the, the other thing that uh, Brian already mentioned, of course, is our, our region-wide youth conference. And I do encourage you to be praying about this. Uh, if if you may not have youth or be a youth, but be praying for the Lord to move uh, through this weekend. And uh, we need to back it up with prayer as, as, as it gets closer. So continue, uh, please, to join us in praying for that. A few other things I wanted to mention. When, when the idea of a church plant comes to mind, uh, you may think, well, first you may think, what on earth? What does that mean? Uh, every church that's ever been every little congregation that's ever been was planted at some point by somebody somebody said let's go let's go gather together and and be a disciple making body in that place for jesus um but recently there's been sort of a shift in talking about church planting um our fellowship acop uh, has put a lot of sort of resources into thinking about church planting and typically the idea is you would show up somewhere uh, you'd put out a sign, you invite people to come, and you put on a worship service, and that was sort of the church plant. Maybe you brought 50 people with you to kind of start the thing, and then you just became sort of a new community. What we found, and what ACOP's been discovering, is that that model doesn't work anymore. Uh, just going somewhere and, and setting up the placard and trying to have a service and, and having it carry on and, and take on a life of its own isn't isn't the same sort of approach that's working in our culture and what what we're seeing a shift towards is people going and making disciples in sort of smaller groups and cell groups uh, in the places that god has planted them 
And so that got us wondering, and this is something to sort of be praying about, and, and I don't know if we have exactly the right language for it, but in a lot of ways, when you look at the material that's coming out about churches, it's gathering not in the church. It's gathering in a place outside of the church with people who typically don't go to church and learning about God, praying together, inviting others, uh, worshiping, and serving. And as we looked at, at those uh, sort of list of things that happen in a church, we went, oh my goodness, Brian's outreach to the high school is actually a church plant. And we didn't even realize it. Uh, so jokingly, I say to Brian, Brian, how's your church plant over at the high school going? And Brian goes, it's good. I'm going to get the pizza right now. Um, and perhaps that isn't the best term for it. Perhaps you would think, oh, no, that's just an outreach. Well, it's not really just an outreach. Because an outreach implies that we're sort of going to tell people about Jesus. It's sort of a one-off thing. And maybe they come back to church on a Sunday morning. But the goal with this isn't to have those youth necessarily come back to this church on a Sunday morning. The goal is to go and be the church with them while they're in high school, in that place where they are. It's also not a Bible study just for Christian kids to get together while they're at high school. It isn't that. In fact, it's been uh, a place where those who had never set foot in the church or come to youth group have actually grown in relationship with Pastor Brian and have started to ask questions about what it means to follow Jesus. And so uh, I don't know... There's a number who are there who are Christians, and there's a number who go who aren't at all. Uh, is it a, a small community where they eat together and talk about Jesus and pray and are growing in him? Yes. And so uh, is it a church plant? Well, maybe. We'll see. Are disciples being made, and are we reaching out to those beyond our walls with the gospel? Yes. And I say praise the Lord for that. It's really good. Uh, so we're going to continue to lean into that well and appreciate Brian's efforts to that end. Here's another thing that's happening. In the spring, we're going to be putting on a, a leadership weekend. We have some folks from ECOP coming who will be part of that. And uh, we want to help develop our leaders here who are... Uh, we, have a, we have a really solid team of people, and uh, we want to continue to invest in them. So that will be happening later on as well. Last thing I want to mention is, is our Sunday night discipleship. We've been trying to think of when, when to do small groups. When I wrote this out, we were thinking Sunday night, and, and now we're thinking, well, we're not sure exactly what we're thinking. Uh, there's, there's a lot of busyness, right? It's hard for families to gather together. Sunday nights worked well for us uh, a couple months ago. They probably still will, but we haven't firmed up exactly when uh, this will start happening. But what we'd like to do is have a uh, small group series for youth and, uh, and a small group series for adults happening at the same time. So Brian will have the youth somewhere, and I'll probably have a group of whoever wants to come to the adult study somewhere, and we'll do that together uh, sort of as a church. Um, our hope is that we'd gather together and eat and then kind of go to our study. So we're hoping to do that because growing uh, and advancing in our walk with the Lord is really important. I want to talk about the school. I realize a number of, of the parents and, and whatnot aren't here right now. We need, uh, we need, and we're realizing as we're reflecting on the school that, that we, we want to begin to pursue advancing the school uh, in a new way. And our goal with the school is for it to become more financially viable and sustainable. If you don't know, um, the, school, 
the school usually runs a deficit of between ten to thirty thousand dollars a year now not every ministry in the church is meant to sort of cover its own expenses right it's just sort of part of the ministry life of the church the school's a little bit of a different animal because it has its own staff and it it has like more going on in terms of operations and we charge tuition right and people come so it's always been a question like for the last 30 years how do we help the school become more financially viable and sustainable so what we'd like to do and we're gonna um, we're kind of officially launching this this morning in some sense is we want to uh, start a campaign to invite people to join a group of 50 monthly donors who are committing to giving a dollar a day so sort of thirty dollars a month uh, over however long people want to do this um, what we've done is we've made some posters about this. These are sort of uh, handouts, and I think many of you were given the handout as you came in. But we want to invite people to give. Uh, if this is dear to your heart, if the school is near to your heart, and you, you really want to invest in, in education or discipleship for kids, to give $30 a month, and this will help increase the school's revenue uh, by 18000 a year, which would essentially help us to either break even uh, pretty close. It depends on the year. It depends on how many kids we have. Um, so I, I'm excited about this because I think it, I know when I've talked to a few different people, they're like, I can do a dollar a day. Good to go. And uh, so we're excited to, and again, this isn't just for our church. We're going to encourage uh, families who've been part of the school uh, to be part of that. Uh, those students who have uh, aunts and uncles who want to support them. If they want to give, they can do that. So, so if you have this, take it home. Maybe give it to someone if you know that they might be interested. All the info's there on the back. I'm not going to read that right now. Um, but the aim is to help uh, that funding go towards salaries and better enhancements for students, uh, chairs, maybe carpet. We need some new playground equipment, that sort of thing. So that's happening, and we're excited uh, to see it uh, kind of pick up here going forward. The last thing I wanted to mention was the board's been talking about uh, a new initiative uh, about caring for our building. There's a number of areas in our space that are either needing to get upgraded or just need to get repaired. And so we don't have all the details ready for this yet. I'm just telling you what's sort of on the horizon and we're hoping to maybe have a larger discussion about this maybe in January. There's some sound and lighting things that need to get updated. There's some structural foundational stuff that needs to get updated. Uh, as I mentioned, there's some playground stuff and outside things we can do that need uh, to be redesigned. And so over the next year, our hope, or maybe the next few months, if we're feeling sooner, ready sooner than later, uh, the board's gonna put together some teams to get ideas and pray. And our, our goal is to launch uh, a three-year fundraising campaign to help pay for some of these upgrades uh, that we that we feel God's calling us to to help enhance our ministry experience. So I'm just telling you about that, that it's on the horizon, and we're excited uh, for what God is doing. You may go, why would we invest so much in the building? Well, the building's a ministry tool, and the building is, of course, the place where we gather to worship. I mean, the church is the people, but it's really nice. If you didn't notice, we live in northwestern Ontario. I, I don't really want to go and be church outside every week for seven months of the year when it's 40 below. Having a building is really nice, uh, but it also allows us to do things like host a school, like have 
a safe youth group space here where we can run events, uh, to do our discipleship groups, uh, to do outreach. It helps us to do a lot of our ministries. All that flows out of this building. And, uh, you know, thinking back to Deuteronomy 6, which is the call to follow and love God, but also pass that on to the next generation, um, was thinking about this building was prepared well and kept well and in good shape so that we in this generation could enjoy it and use it right now. But I want to pass that on well to the next generation. And that means we need to look after what God's given us as part of stewarding well what he's given us so that we can pass on ministry to those that will come after us and, uh, and be proactive in doing that well. Some of you might say, Nick, let's just add on to the thing. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that, guys. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I've got the gumption to handle that right now. Um, I tell you, though, as Brian and I were talking about youth retreat, we were like, man, it'd be nice if we had a gym space uh, to do some of these events. So that, who knows, maybe that might be down the pipe. But for now, uh, there's some closer to home, not as huge plans that we'd like to do. The very last thing I want to mention is just some team changes. And I don't know if everyone is here that I want to be here for this. No, there isn't. Um, After about nine, ten years of serving us so well, uh, Doug McMillan's going to be stepping down as an elder. And Doug has been a huge blessing. He's not going anywhere. Don't worry. He's still here and he still loves you. He just has lots going on in his life. And uh, also has a vision to step into more a regional uh, prayer uh, outreach. And uh, he was feeling it might be time to be finished in this role as an elder. And so that's a big change for us. Uh, I remember when Velma and I, probably 10 years ago, hey, Velma, were saying we need to ask Doug to join the eldership. I remember doing it. It was after a 55-plus boat ride many years ago. And so this morning we want to honor Doug. And Doug, I have, a, I have something for you. So let's give Doug a round of applause and, and bless you, Doug. The other one, I don't think, is Walter here? I don't see Walter. No, Walter is, uh, has been our custodian for about nine years. And Walter's also finishing that position. So I wanted to alt honor Walter this morning. But Walter, you're not here. Bless you, Walter. Wherever you are, we will give you a card down the line. Um, what's that last slide, Kyle? Yeah. So we want to say give thanks to the Lord for he is good. There's lots that he's done. And there's lots that we're looking forward to him doing. Um, I know that's a different sort of message to go from Deuteronomy into essentially an overview of, of the ministries of the church. But I just think it's, it's important for us to try to be on the same page together. Uh, lots to be praying about. Lots to be excited about. Lots to look forward to. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to celebrate this table together. And then we'll be ready actually for lunch together very soon. So let's pray and prepare our hearts to come to the table. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you call us to faithful obedience, just as you called Israel to follow you. You called your disciples to follow you in the same way you call us to follow you in this time and place. And Jesus, we just say this morning we love you and we want to follow you. We want to obey you. Lord, help us to do that well. And in the times and moments where tragedy does strike and life is difficult, we pray that you would help us to say it is well. 
because of your goodness, of your promises to us. Lord, all of our hopes and plans for the future, all these things we've discussed this morning, they only happen and flow because of what you've done at the cross for us. Lord, it's because of your salvation and your redemption that you took on yourself the punishment for our sins, that we can have life and hope and redemption, that we can be forgiven and set free and restored because of who you are, Jesus, and what you've done for us. And so it's fitting, Jesus, that after prayerfully laying at your feet and commissioning and vision uh, what we have as a church, Lord, that we come back to this table and just be reminded again that this is all because of who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray that you would set our hearts upon you as we enter into this ministry year. Lord, that there'd be much fruit. Lord, that people would come to faith that there would be healing in bodies and in marriages and in homes and in families. Lord, that there would be restoration. Lord, that there would be forgiveness and joy. Lord, that there would be new ministries that would flow and, and wisdom to know when other ministries are coming to an end. Lord, that there would be protection and, and grace and safety over our children and our youth as they gather and as they learn and as they have fun. And as they grow, Lord, we pray that in all of these things, you direct our hearts, that you would guide our steps, and that at the end of the day, it would all be for your goodness and for your glory. And so we come today to this table, Lord, saying afresh that it's by you, by your blood, and by your mercy that we are set free and forgiven to live for you. We ask this in your name. Amen.